Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Pre-cell phones, okay? Uh-huh. But you know, right now, everyone has the same time. Right. To the second, right? Right. Pre-cell phones, how long could you go before you could be late to something, but get there and be like, no, my watch has 10 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right. It's still, it's not much. I mean, I'm I'm putting the line at like, I want to say three minutes. Maybe I'll say four, but watches shouldn't be higher. off by more than that. Really? I'm going. I, I think seven minutes was the 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 as far as you can go. Seven minutes. Mm, you could yeah. be. You, no, you said you're supposed to be here at ten. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. I I got my watch says ten. I, I I'm sorry. I, I thought I was gonna be. You know, I'm seven minutes. Eight minutes, you're late. No. Seven minutes, I think. No, seven, if it's 10.07 and you say, oh, my watch says 10, then I'm, I'm either calling bullshit or I'm saying, do a better job winding your watch. You're not even close. Seven minutes well, is an eternity. Again, this is, I mean, can you, this is going back 20 years, we got to remember, right? Right. I don't know. I think, I think you had a seven-minute wiggle, easy. Mm. I think, honestly, you had like a 15-minute wiggle pretty easily. I mean, you, you, the, there were all sorts of other reasons to be a little late for something. I'm not saying that somebody being seven minutes late is going to uh, anger me beyond belief, but I'm, just, I'm not buying that you can chalk seven minutes right, up right, to right, my watch was telling okay. time incorrectly. All right. Well, how about being late? Because now, like, if I'm going to be late, I have to text you that I'm going to be late. Yes, that's true. So pre-text, pre-cell phones, how late can you be before you were, like, officially, like, angrily, like, the other person's, like, angry because you're late? 
I mean, it kind of yeah, yeah. About a fifteen-minute window is kind of standard to just stand around waiting for somebody to show up to something. I wonder how. I wonder how much time he got, like in the 13th century, when there was like nothing. Oh, you had, you know, I'll see it when the sun is like over that tree. Like that's <laughs> that's the best you could do. The, I, I'm thinking like the grace period was like three days back then. <laughs> gamble on, fellas, gamble on. <laughs> Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein. This week on Gamble On, we'll cover the latest shred of a hint of a rumor of a push to legalize sports betting in California. We'll talk MGM Cyberhack, we'll talk New York revenue records, but that of course is all just tap dancing to fill time until bagels and locks which is all anyone in the gambling world should care about now that we've run our record to six and oh we are so sharp it scares me jeff we're pretty good we're pretty good uh we're also going to be welcoming our co-worker senior analyst mike Seely, to talk about what went down at g2e this year but uh first eric as always plenty of news to discuss here's your gamble on news of the week an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling Here we go again, Jeff. They're talking about legalizing sports betting in California. Whether they're doing anything more than talking remains to be seen, but here's what we know. Victor Rocha, the conference chairman for the Indian Gaming Commission and a one-time Gamble On guest, tweeted Saturday that, quote, rumors were floating around that a sports betting initiative was about to be filed in California. As of our recording, no such initiative has been filed. Jill Dorson talked to her sources with the tribes and operators, and they all said not it. And one outlet reported the Pallet tribe specifically would file something Monday, but that didn't happen. Uh, Jill also reported that a source told her there would be two separate proposals, including one with a 51-49 revenue split favoring the tribes over the major mobile operators. If indeed something is filed... It would be to get sports betting on the November 2024 ballot. Uh, last November, of course, two ballot measures to legalize sports betting failed spectacularly. Jeff, there's not a lot to go on here, but I guess we should have figured California would try again. Is there any reason to think they can learn from 2022 and be more successful in 2024? And what may be a recurring theme today, allow me to say this, I have no idea. Um... <laughs> today? Today, yeah, right, every, exactly. every podcast. Why, why start now? Um, right. But I doubt this is the one that's going to do it. I mean, it seems like for California to get its act together on this, everyone, uh, the tribes, the operators, the government, the legislature, everyone's got to be on the same page, which I'm right. assuming will eventually happen because there's too much money to be made here. But this just doesn't feel like it is whatever this is, which we don't really know. So I'll say no. I vote okay. no. You vote no. <laughs> You're voting against the measure already. Well, I'm not voting against the measure. Right, I'm voting I, against the measure being successful, right, if it right. even is a measure, which we don't even know. <laughs> right. There's that. Um, I, ge- I guess uh, – I don't know if this counts as a glass half full attitude, maybe glass quarter full maybe, is to note that they can't be less successful than they were in 2022, right? <laughs> so there's that at least. But, but right. yeah, I mean whatever the exact revenue split ends up being or whatever, my sense is that they are going to have to land on a plan where – 
mobile operators have to partner with tribes, just like what we see in the majority of states, that mobile operators have to have a land-based partner in most states. Um, but yeah, in the end, it's something where the tribes and the mobile operators are working together, so everyone gets a piece of this, and then you advance a ballot measure where everyone's rowing in the same direction. And then, yeah, you have a shot at a majority of Californians voting to legalize it. But yeah, whether this bill, if there is a bill in 2024, is going to do that, I don't know. I don't think I'm really any more optimistic than you are. Um, and, and, you know, this is basically a non-story anyway until a bill is even filed. The, the only reason we're talking about this for even 60 seconds is because it's California. Any other state, a rumor like this floats and we completely ignore it. Right. Yeah, I mean California, big state, big state. <laughs> See, you know things. You have you have things to say. Look at that analysis. You California, know it, big state. Yeah, no, it's it's very big. <laughs> very big. Wow, that kind of a hot take there, Jeff. Takes up a good chunk of real estate out there in the West. <laughs> yes. And so you're not now. You're noting not only that it is large, but that it is located in the West. You're dropping in facts along with your opinions. Well, yes, from from the point of view of where I'm sitting, yes, California right. would be to my west. All right, so we have California large and to the west. To the yes, from okay. from my from my perspective. From where from you are, view. okay, right, okay. If I was in Hawaii, it would be to the east. <laughs> oh, you're right, but it would still be large, right? Large, yes, yes Ver that, that very large. Some might say. Uh, I, good people have said that. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up here, uh, nearly a month after a cyber attack knocked its properties offline for several days, MGM Resorts International finally addressed the situation last Thursday with more than just a cursory tweet. Actually, the company addressed it in two ways. President and CEO Bill Hornbuckle sent a letter to customers, and the company submitted a formal filing to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. In the public letter, Hornbuckle tried for a positive spin, saying this attack is contained and that no customer bank account or credit card information was compromised. In the SEC filing, MGM estimated a negative impact of $100 million in the third quarter and said there would be minimal impact in the fourth quarter, while noting that room occupancy in September fell from 93% to 88% year over year. Jeff, as the PR pro that you are, how are you feeling about MGM's handling of all this? And is it a bit much, in your view, for Hornbuckle to pat his team on the back for a, quote, fast, early response? Well, first of all, I just want to say I love the last name Hornbuckle. I mean, that just mm -hmm. that just brings uh -huh. a smile to my face. So that's A. B, thank you for the uh, PR pro uh, acknowledgement. I'm not sure, like, where you're getting your information <laughs> from. I'm going to have to double-check ChatGPT. Okay. But uh, to answer your question, nah, I, honestly, I'm not really loving the response. I see crisis PR as a kind of like a yes and situation. Mm. You know, you need to get the bad news out first, but then I want to know what you're doing going forward. You know, right. I don't want to, I, 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 I want to hear what they're going to do to prevent something like this in the future. Tell me they're updating their software. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, they didn't do that. But at the same time, I, I think cyber attacks are like way, I've said this before. I think they're very low on consumers' minds. I, I mean, like they happen, I, it doesn't change behavior, I don't think. I mean, right. Remember back in the old days, you used to be worried to use your credit card online. Like right. that. Ever since that passed, like I don't know. I, I know that it's possible that like my information might get taken by you know hackers or whatever. But I also know that the banks will make me whole if shit goes sideways. So I don't know. I, I'm not all that concerned about it. I don't think it's going to affect them in long term. You know. And if MGM wants to offer me a free hotel room, I'll take it. <laughs> right. 
I'll note that we will be talking a bit more about this topic when Mike Seeley joins us shortly, as apparently the hacks were a major topic of conversation this week at G2E. But yeah, I mean, looking at Hornbuckle's letter, it's kind of what you'd expect. Lots of spin, lots of positive assurances, uh, no solutions, no promises of anything really changing, as you said. Um, But like in terms of the impact of the hack on customers, he led with no bank account numbers or credit cards were compromised and then followed with, but there were some social security numbers and passport numbers obtained. Uh, but then, you know, tried to say, hey, good news, no evidence of identity fraud committed yet. Um, I don't know. He's like telling the truth, I guess, but positioning it in the most flattering possible way. Right. Which, again, a PR expert that you are, that's a PR 101, I assume. Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, but 102, perhaps. But seriously, <laughs> though, how concerned are you, like, on a day-to-day basis about, like, your information, like, going onto the dark web or whatever? Like, I have zero concern about it. Like, right. I know it's going to happen. Probably has happened. But what am I going to do about it? Like, there's nothing. What am I going to do? I'm just going to live in a cave? Right. You know, this is just part of, like, modern life. I'm, not, I wonder, I'm really not worried about it. I wonder if I would feel differently if I had significant assets. Um, but, uh, you know, that like, I get... Every time uh, I log in to this account or that account that has some money in it or whatever, I th- there are frequent warnings of your password can be easily guessed. You should change it. And I'm just like, eh. Never once do I change right, it. Right, right. I don't change it unless the program forces me to change it. Um, and, you know, the, the two-factor authentication to get into all my sportsbook accounts or whatever. I'm, I Right. It, right. And I'm uh, it, when there are, like, options for, like, you can do that. Every time you log in or just have us do it the bare minimum once every two weeks or whatever. Obviously, right. I'm taking that. And again, I don't have that much money in these accounts that I'm like concerned. Maybe if I had a hundred grand sitting in my FanDuel account, I would feel differently about protecting it. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and as you've pointed out before, everything's insured. And you, yeah. you, if, if someone hacks into your bank account and gets all your money, it's a pain in the ass, but you'll eventually get it back. So I, I do want to comment on the uh, the SEC filing um, that I read it, and I gotta say I have no idea. Is a hundred million dollars in adjusted property a bit dar a lot? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Those words and numbers mean nothing to me. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll say it looks like Caesars did the right thing, paying a reported fifteen million dollar ransom compared to MGM's ten million dollars in one time cost plus a hundred million dollars adjusted a bit dar loss, uh, but. I don't know. I, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. It just seems like the numbers uh, favor Caesars there. Yeah, but I get you know you pay the ransom. You know, you, yeah, I don't know. I don't like paying <laughs> ransom. Right. I've, in, I've never paid print... a ransom in my life. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Have you ever been in an opportunity where someone was asking you to pay a ransom? I, I'd rather not comment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you you want to just say just end it with an I don't know and move on. Yeah, it's it's more yeah, it's it's better that way, don't okay. you think? It's yeah. you know, it's it's more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, mysterious. Oh, <laughs> yes, because because that that's really the key to your success is keeping the mystery going. <laughs> it is, as a matter of fact. Right. Yes. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. 
Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, all right. Our final story this week, uh, revenue reports for the first month of football season are beginning to roll in. And as you might expect, the numbers are enormous, particularly in New York, the online sports betting capital of America, which attracted its third highest betting handle to date and its highest revenue yet, and the second highest revenue figure nationally behind only Ohio's launch month. The revenue came in at $166.8 million on handle of $1.77 billion, a handle increase of nearly 40% over last September. DraftKings was number one in handle, but FanDuel was number one in revenue, thanks to an 11.3% hold. Jeff, does it make sense to you that the betting numbers would be so much bigger in year two of New York mobile betting than they were in year one? And how long do you think we'll be waiting to see that Ohio January revenue of $209 million topped? Well, as far as the that number, see our first discussion today concerning California, right. uh, the very big state out west from where I sit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I'm being told now is the fifth would be the fifth largest economy in the world if it mm. was its own country. Mm. So uh, yeah, I think we're gonna have to wait for that to see Ohio that Ohio number topped. But uh, as far as New York numbers being bigger, I, I I guess yeah. I mean maybe more people are getting involved in betting. I think maybe also more people who are betting in New Jersey have just stopped doing that. Right, that might be another reason for it. But uh, I don't know. I mean you know I, I I think a lot of states they go up year over year the first year through. No. Yeah, Where's I guess. <laughs> yeah, we should really uh, get him to weigh in on this. Um, I, so, I, I, for what it's worth, I was looking at uh, Chris Altruda's uh, revenue tracker on Sports Handle, which is an essential database, uh, by the way. Uh, but um, I, I saw there that uh, Handle has been higher in New York every month in 2023 than it was in 2022, except February. Uh, but every other month was higher. So, I guess, yeah, I guess it suggests the market isn't fully mature yet and there are still new yorkers discovering sports betting and you're you're probably right that that year two in pretty much every state is going to be a little bigger than year one um but i'm also wondering if maybe it's the the parlay craze having Mm. something to do with it more sites finding more creative ways to push parlays the pre-made ones the in-game ones the the taylor swift themed ones uh, etc and and more people are just having mindless fun, making a few wild parlays every time they sit down to watch sports, and that's goosing the handle numbers. I don't know. May, may or may not be anything to that theory, but clearly the parlays are central to FanDuel continuing to win in revenue without winning in handle. It's, it's FanDuel being at the forefront of the parlay movement that keeps its hold so high. Spoiler alert, I have some stupid parlays coming up later. <laughs> I'm excited to hear them. Uh, but but first, I will just uh, note that uh, I, you said, you know, California is when that Ohio record is going to fall. And I think that's probably correct. But I would also say there's an outside chance that it falls in New York. Mm, it's like it, Super Bowl. 
Yeah, like in January. Yeah. Uh, January's proven to be the biggest handle month typically. So if you have the perfect storm of like a $2 billion-ish handle and the house doing well, then maybe that crazy outlier revenue month for Ohio this past January could be topped. Uh, but mm. but otherwise, yeah, if it's not New York in a big football month where everything clicks into place, then, then yeah, we're waiting for California to come online. The, the state out west you're talking about. Right, that's the one. The, yep, yep, not yep, not yep. the medium-sized state out west. The, the big very one. large one. Yes, yeah. no, I understand. It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. The Global Gaming Expo, or G2E, has been going on all week at the Venetian in Las Vegas, bringing together industry executives, entrepreneurs, tech wizards, and people who just like to schmooze and booze. Which brings us to our guest. He is on the scene in Vegas covering G2E for both U.S. Bets and Sports Handle, one of our senior analysts, Mike Seeley. Mike, welcome once again to Gamble On. Thanks, fellas. Great to be here. So I want to start actually on a bit of a down note. Uh, I've been uh, writing here and there about the MGM and Caesars hacks, and uh, you noted as we were exchanging messages yesterday that this topic is casting a bit of a pall over the expo. Just how bad is it? How preoccupied are people? Has anyone had anything optimistic or encouraging to say? No, actually, <laughs> which is, is kind of scary. Um, casting a pall for sure. Um, it's on everyone's mind, but I haven't heard anything really constructive about it. You know, I was in a, a panel yesterday with a bunch of cybersecurity experts, um, and it's all doomsday stuff, you guys. And uh, I kind of hope they figure it out. Yeah, I saw with the, one of one of the people that you quoted in uh, in your story basically said, it's not going to bet- get any better. It's only going to get worse. So So there's a concern that this MGM hack and all the damage done that we'll we may look back on that as as child's play uh, compared to some of the things that await no that's exactly right i mean mm-hmm. like i said i mean you know we, we have a lot of smart people here at g2e for sure and i haven't heard a really great suggestion for how anyone's going to combat this properly mm. and 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 you haven't been able to solve it while you've been out there i mean i've tried i mean i've, I've got some ideas i mean i got some funding too last night but i mean you know <laughs> nothing concrete all right, enough of the bummer stuff. Je- Jeff can ask about hopefully something a, a little less uh, doom and gloom. I'm jealous of the panel you got to watch. I hate panels, but I'm jealous of this one with uh, Captain Jack and Kane, Alex Kane, and uh, Patrick Everson and uh, Jessica Wellman. I mean, these, I mean, this is like that's like my Twitter feed, basically. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, what'd you pick up? What'd you learn? Listen to, to uh, this the, the quartet. I, I learned from that quartet that. Um, if you basically just eliminate all laws in the United States, that's how we compete with offshore betting. (laughs) Um, But no, those, those guys are brilliant. And um, the gulf between people who take sports betting that seriously. And, you know, the next panel I watched, which was player engagement and sports betting, the gulf between like those betters is enormous. And, um, Jeff, you're you're like in the point oh one percent according to to Captain Jack, so you should feel well. Yourself. I I I in certain scenarios I am in the point oh one percent. I you know I I I'm sharp with certain things, but I'm I'm not like I'm nowhere near or even attempting to be like at the level that they're operating at. You know what I mean? I just like kind of like dumb luck my dumb you know dumb luck my way in a few things. 
But yeah, no, the gulf is huge. I mean, and I think that it's, you know, plays out on Twitter often, I think, when you see like, uh, you know, uh, DraftKings or FanDuel, like giving somebody their money back on a bad beat, quote unquote, you know, and then you have like the, you know, the other side, like, oh, it's gambling. You can't, you know, there's just, there is this gulf. I, I think you put it right there in that between the professional sports better and the recreational sports better. And, you know, 99.5% of the people bet, and if not more, are recreational sports betters, you know? So I, I, I think that, you know, a lot of the problems and solutions that we talk about, it's almost as if we're talking about two complete, I mean, we are talking about two completely different things, really, you know? I don't know if that's yeah, a question or right. not. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't mean, have to be a question. Was, uh, we're having a conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I mean, you know, I'm some really dumb bets down here um one on naked and afraid a rerun but uh, <laughs> a couple of dumb sports bets too um just you know just betting that yeah I, I wanted the orioles to win last night you know that didn't go well right um i did it because jeremy balin's my friend no, <laughs> um, not a good reason to bet no so, so there, there you have it right. there you have it <laughs> yeah well, you you started your answer to Jeff's question by saying how all the people on that panel were were incredibly smart people. I, I feel like I need to put you on the spot and and get you to piss three people off. Who who's the smartest? Uh, Alex Kane was you know especially impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we'll see how his exchange goes. I mean, right. smart doesn't equal success, and I you know may, maybe the long game will prove um, fruitful for him, but. Um, you know, you ask like 10 people on the street, what sport trade is and 10 people are, are going to say they have no idea. So, so we'll find out. All right. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, naked and afraid. Uh, I, I got to ask you about that. Now I tend not to venture off strip much when I'm in Vegas. In fact, I usually do as little venturing outside whichever casino I'm staying at as possible. But uh, you are a different animal, Mike. Uh, You wrote Mm -hmm. in the U.S. Bets running blog about your evening escapade Monday night at the Huntridge Tavern. Care to share the story with our listeners? And uh, did you learn any valuable lessons about making bets on Naked and Afraid? Well, I learn lessons every time I venture off the strip because this is an interesting town. But I mean, and that's why I venture off the strip. But uh, yeah, I know I hit the Huntridge Tavern um where anthony bourdain went just to kind of hide out when he was here Mm -hmm. um so i felt him as a spirit animal within me when i went there and they were preparing for open mic night when i went um super dive bar by the way like maybe the biggest dive bar ever (laughs) um and i wrote a book about dive bars right uh but the game had just ended uh and i'm sitting there with a guy named dan um, drinking PBR Tall Boys and Naked and Afraid came on. And they really should show body parts in that show, but since it's network, I think they don't. Um, so everything was kind of muted out except this guy's bug bites. And his female <laughs> partner had already gotten eliminated. I'm like, this guy's going down. And Dan's like, you want to bet on that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get your next drink. And um, that guy wasn't going down. He made it. <laughs> And I lost the drink and it was probably a rerun. So I, <laughs> no, I didn't take any of that into account, you know, just a dumb bet. He was sort of doing the uh, Bill Murray playing Jeopardy and Groundhog Day sort of thing. He'd seen it before <laughs> and, uh, and you were the sucker. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Couldn't put it any better myself. Okay. 
Yeah, I once bet on uh, Apollo to beat Rocky in the in uh, Rocky Two, figuring there's no way Rocky could do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, Rocky no. didn't. Rocky didn't do it the first time. Rocky lost the first time. Oh, that's a good point. That was your mistake, Jeff. You didn't know your Rocky history going into your wager. Edit delete. <laughs> Uh, listen, from dive bars to high end, Mike, uh, I understand that you, uh, uh, you mentioned that the Yahoo Sportsbook at the Venetian is, uh, chef's kiss, beautiful, beautiful space, uh, certainly beats the old, uh, you know, William Hill saloon there. Uh, tell us about it. What, tell us about that book. What, 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 what makes it stand out and what else you've seen? It's beautiful. It's like, like a nice small book. Like you said, like the previous Venetian book was uh, a shithole. <laughs> I mean, you know, like the, the last thought that that casino had was, oh, our sports book. It was red, garbage, horrible odds. Those horrible odds might still exist, but it, it, it's gorgeous now. I mean, panoramic screens. I'm not sure what, what Yahoo is trying to do. Um, they're trying to get people to search. Who knows? <laughs> but, I mean, but it looks great. I got to say, I was impressed. If, if you're searching Yahoo, I'm assuming the search is how do I get to Google? <laughs> with an exclamation point. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Being out in Vegas with all, with, you know, a, a, a whole, I mean, Vegas is a gambling town, but being out there when, when the people like who are in the industry out there, is it a different feel? Like when you're just surrounded by the industry or is it just Vegas is always going to be Vegas no matter who's who you're with? I think Vegas is Vegas no matter who you're with. I mean, I've, I've been out here enough times in enough like different circumstances to where, you know, I don't, it's just another city to me, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah. Took my kids to the grand Canyon from here. Summer Randall Lambert. Like it, it does a lot of things and it checks a lot of boxes and it's, it's, it's not just a gambling town anymore. Right. I mean, yeah. I haven't, I haven't been out there in almost 30 years. Well, you got Atlantic city right in your, right. your back door. So you're good. beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. The gem of the East Coast. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's called. Yes. <laughs> so so uh, before we let you go, Mike, any any last uh, parting thoughts, sort of uh, what will be the key memory of this trip? Maybe a, a great meal that stood out, uh, something something that you'll take away from this G- G2E experience, whether on the business side or the or the uh, the fun side. I did. I mean, the Hunt Ridge Tavern experience is good, but I did have a good meal at Bouchon last night. Okay. I, I I bumped into some folks and, you know, it's Vegas. It's fun. It's good drinking, good eating. What is, what is Bouchon? What, I'm not familiar. What's the style there? Uh, New Orleans oh, is okay. the style of Bouchon, but it, it's on the same floor as me in my hotel. And I, I did barely make it back to my room afterwards. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that suggests that the, the there was something else uh, in addition to the food that was going it into was, your system. It was robust. I'll put it that okay. way. Mm-hmm. All right. As has been this uh, gamble on interview appearance, uh, robust as always. Uh, Mike, thanks for, for joining us and uh, safe travels home. Thanks, guys. I'm going to go hit the pool now. Two men. Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. We'll get to Bagels and Locks shortly. Uh, please resist the urge to fast forward straight to this week's guaranteed winners. Uh, as first, we have to update. Not guaranteed. Out. Not guaranteed? All right. But I'm t- uh, recent history suggests... 
yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty guaranteed. Uh, and cut, cut, cut it out, though. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Okay. Fine. I guaranteed in quotes. Can I do that? Sure. Sure. Okay. And italics. <laughs> and italics. Uh, but first, we have to update our betting bankroll. Although maybe everyone should just fast forward to bagels and locks uh, based on yeah. what I'm about to tell you about our bankroll. Uh, we had just one winner for our bankroll last week, where I doubled up on my bagels and lock pick and made it a bankroll bet. Uh, 49ers minus three and a half over the Cowboys. We won a hundred dollars there. But uh, Jeff, your parlay dreams were dashed. You went two for four on one parlay, one for three on another. Lost a hundred bucks on each. I lost another hundred dollars on Stafford's passing yards over. I lost us $100 betting on the Twins to beat the Astros. I should have just bet the wildcard team in all four series. Instead, I picked the wrong one. Uh, and a while back, guest host Bennett Conlon put $25 on the Orioles to win the World Series. That lost. So for the week, we lost $325. We're now down by 3281 We also have 2501 on Holden Futures bets. That leaves us with $4,218 available to bet with this week. And I'm up first. And I used to be a big NHL fan. Um, I'm now on about my 17th year of paying very little attention to the NHL, which uh, my oldest child is turning 17 soon. So uh, that explains that. Uh, Anyway, I do think uh, hockey is a great sport. I just happen to know very little about it these days. But uh, Gary Rothstein wrote a season betting preview for Sports Handle. And I figure it's not a bad thing for Gamble On to have an NHL team to root for this season. So that team will be the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, They won the Stanley Cup two years ago. They're one of the reliable teams that you know is going to the playoffs. They're the second favorite to win the cup at plus 800 at most books, but DraftKings has them at plus 1,000. And by the way, I'll note I locked this bet in on Wednesday before the Avs won their opener. I don't know that their odds changed at all. But anyway, 10 to 1 on most NHL teams isn't great because the playoffs are so random, but 10 to 1 on a team like this that you know will be there as a high seed I think it's a solid bet. Uh, just don't ask me to name a single Avalanche player since Forsberg and Sackick retired. Uh, but let's go 50 bucks to win 500 on the Avs to lift Lord Stanley's Cup. All right. They, that team, they are west of me, east of California. Yes, um, thank you. All right. Uh, tonight, Chiefs-Broncos. Uh, Broncos are historically bad against the run. Uh, they certainly can't sell out to even try to stop it against Mahomes at home. Lousy weather, rains, it looks like, some wind. SGP time, baby. Okay. Pacheco, over 77 and a half yards and a score. Plus 170, 100 bucks over DK. Over 77 and a half. Is that rushing yards or all-purpose yeah, yards? Yeah, yeah. rushing oh. yards and, and give me the touchdown. Okay, and and uh, and how much? What? Tell me again the odds and the amount. One seventy plus one seventy. Let's go hundred bucks. I'm always. Okay. I'm, it's always gonna be hundred. Yeah, you know this. This. I will tell you how this one loses. Pacheco goes for seventy five yards on a touchdown. The Chiefs are winning thirty one nothing at the half, and Hilaire comes in the second half, goes for eighty yards at two scores. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Just I want to I want that I want that record to show that so that next right. week when that happens I can take some modest victory laps. I'll say if you get those numbers exact, I think we get a bad beat refund. We'll we'll, we'll avoid the okay. bet if yeah. those if that's the exact scenario that unfolds. Okay. All right. Good. Um, for my next bet, um, I don't know if our listeners have been reading Justin Carlucci's NFL articles on Sports Handle, but he's isolating one or two bets each week that he likes. And uh, I think he's gone four and one, maybe four and two. Uh, either way, he's doing really well. And uh, I rather like his bet and his logic this week, so I'm stealing it. Uh, Ravens Titans in London on Sunday. The over under was 45 and a half before the season in the look ahead lines. 
It's come all the way down to 41 because these teams haven't been scoring much so far this year. But Justin points out how they both have insanely low red zone scoring percentages that are surely suffering from short-term variance. Just the slightest bit of regression to the mean, and we'll see over 41 points here. Uh, London games can be a bit unpredictable, so I'm not going to use this in bagels and locks. It's not a lock, but I do think Justin's on the right side here. Let's go. 110 to win 100, over 41 points in Ravens-Titans. I like it. Especially if uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the Titans uh, nose tackle guy or the defensive tackle was out last week and their their run, their vaunted run defense got right. run over. So we'll see about that. I like it. All right. Listen, I've been I don't know if you're reading my sports handle uh, NFL preview columns on Fridays. I, I have been spitting fire on my three team <laughs> teasers. Yes, yes. I'm four out of five this year. I'm four out of five this That's year. That's good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to bring it over to gamble on. Uh, 100 bucks at plus 160 at BetMGM. Give me the Rams giving a point to the Cardinals. I mean, mm-hmm. that's money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Give me the Eagles giving a point to the Jets. I mean, stop it. And Monday night, give me the Chargers getting eight and a half at home, theoretically home, uh, against the Cowboys. Dallas is a broken team. I- I'm sorry. And the Chargers are getting Eckler back. And this is like a Kellen Moore revenge. Right. And Mike McCarthy doesn't know how to call an offense anymore. And Jerry Jones on the radio said he doesn't think C.D. Lamb needs more touches. He wants to get more touches to his tight ends. Chargers all day. Yeah. I like th- I like that a lot. I like all three legs of that. And I like I w- when I was looking at the lines for just the regular lines for each game, Chargers, was it pl- so plus two and a half? Is yep. there, is the, yep. Yeah, that that was jumping out at me as, wow, they're still they're still overrating Dallas even after last week. Yeah. And the week before and right. the week before that. Yeah. <laughs> right. OK, um, so my final bet this week is a boxing bet. Uh, your favorite boxing surname, spelling, pronunciation combo, Tim Zhu. He fights again in his native <laughs> Australia on Saturday against a dangerous opponent, Brian Mendoza. Excellent fight, but I fully expect Zhu to win. I expect him to gradually dole out punishment. I think he's probably going to get the stoppage. I think it's unlikely to come early in the fight. So I found Zoo by KO in round 7 to 12, as high as plus 165. I think there's a tiny bit of value at that number. Another book had it plus 140. I wouldn't bet it at that number, but plus 165 crosses into uh, plus EV territory, I think. So let's go 80 bucks to win 132 on Zoo by KO, TKO, or DQ in the second half of the bet. I got to tell you, if, if you gave me, uh, blindly told me the over-under on number of letters in Zoo's last name and put it at three and a half, uh-huh. I would, I'd, I'd be pounding the under. Had, it had, out, I'd be so wrong. So it's it spelled, for, right, it's five. For the <laughs> listeners, it's T-S-Z-Y-U. Had you never heard me pronounce it, do you have any, uh, any do you want to? They guess what you would have guessed it would have been pronounced? Well, I would have gone, oh, how to pronounce it? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. No. I don't, well, hmm, Chet, Bobby Chez comes to mind. Ooh, so, good point. Good boxing right? reference there. Okay. I love Bobby Chez. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I I would I would pass. I would, this would be a $20,000 pyramid pass. Next question. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're not winning the twenty five grand. we are just we're just trying to accumulate a couple hundred here and yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and then Dick Clark would say, Zoo. I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, never would have happened. Dick Clark always knew, always knew the perfect clue that you should have given. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had the benefit of hindsight. I, I, I love the pyramid. That and card sharks. I think those yeah. are my two favorite games. I, I, I have a friend who won on pyramid a few years ago. Won, no won, won everything. Oh, God bless. Yeah. That's a fun game. It is. I want to go on pyramid. All right. Apply. 
What are maybe you waiting for? Maybe I maybe that'll be my retirement life, just going on game shows. Uh, all right, I got one more single game parlay for you. This okay. One is, this one is off the charts here. Oh boy. Falcons Commanders. All right, the Fal the Commanders cannot defend passes over like fifteen yards. Okay. Now the Falcons can't throw the ball over fifteen yards, but right. we're going to leave that aside. They are historically bad. They've been look at the they've been DJ Moore last week, uh, AJ Brown. They've been burned by everybody. Drake London is here. He is a he'd be a superstar if he was in the right offense. He's not in the right offense, but I don't know. Let's give him one shot at getting a touchdown. So uh-huh. I want Drake London scoring a touchdown. All right. Okay. On the other side of the ball, the Falcons are historically bad against defending tight ends this year so far. Logan Thomas is very quietly being treated as Travis Kelsey in this offense. Yes. Give me a Logan Thomas touchdown. Okay. So a London TD and a Thomas TD. It's plus 939 at FanDuel just for shits and giggles. I mean, uh, 50 bucks. I know I want to go 100, but I'll just leave it at 50. But I okay. really like this one. Yeah. All right. That is way less crazy than I thought we were going to get like eight legs based on the way that no, you set no. it up. It's, but it, just two legs, two although, legs. you know, they're both uh, yes. you know, a touchdown is never a, a sure a sure shot leg. But uh, I'm glad you only went 50. I think that's advisable. But uh, all right. I like it. Um, all right. All right. No more teasing. No more stalling. It's time for bagels for sure. and locks. Uh, last week, we crushed it, Jeff. Didn't just win. We crushed it. Time to rename this segment Locks and locks. I had the Niners minus three and a half against the overvalued and overmatched Cowboys. They won by 32. That one was a lock by the third quarter. And you had Brees Hall over 54 and a half yards against the pitiful Broncos D. He smashed that with a single run early in the third quarter and finished with 177 rushing yards. So you are three and oh, I am three and oh, there was a theoretical one in 64 chance of us getting to this point, both undefeated, but here we are both in pursuit of four and oh, And I was tempted for my lock this week to hand out the Bills minus 14 against the Giants. Mm. It's a it's a huge number, but it's still pretty close to a lock. Uh, But then I found a better one looking at player props. You already mentioned DJ Moore. His receiving yards line against the Vikings is 58 and a half. Uh, The Vikes defense has allowed every single opposing team's top receiver to go over that number this season, including giving up 215 yards to Keenan Allen in week three. DJ Moore, meanwhile, first three games, a little spotty, developing a connection with Justin Fields. He had 25, then 104, then 41. Then he went eight for 131 yards on nine targets against Denver and eight for 230 on 10 targets against Washington. The chemistry with Fields is there now. This number, 58 and a half, is too low for the fifth leading receiver in the NFL against the number 22 ranked pass defense in yards allowed. Over 58 and a half yards for DJ Moore. Lockety, lock, lock. And, you know, at what, I probably shouldn't waste it here only in bagels and locks. Let's make a bankroll bet of it, too. I'm calling an audible here. Let's let's also go 110 from the bankroll to win 100 on DJ Moore over 58 and a half yards. All right. I, I mean, I, 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 it's a good bet. I, the, my only concern with it is there's some weather concerns. So, you know, we're too early in the week to really worry about it. But right. there are some weather concerns. So that's, okay. that's all I'm saying. All right. But I, it's a great bet. I like I love it. Okay. Uh, for me, I am going with the Lions giving three on the road in Tampa. Uh, the Lions are like a legit Super Bowl contender. They are, I think, fourth in defensive DVOA and third in offensive DVOA. The Bucks have beaten uh, the Bears and Vikings and uh, one-armed David Carr. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, it's I think it's Derek Carr. You just pulled the Bill Simmons oh, yeah. move. I, I just I might have done that also in my uh, Michigan story. I, got, I should double check that. Oh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Derek Carr. You're yes, right. it's it's definitely Derek Carr. Well, it's sorry, the correct I, Carr. Yeah, no, you're right. It definitely is Derek Carr. Um, so you, <laughs> yes, but nonetheless, I still think the Lions are getting no respect here. Um, I think the Lions are just going to blow them out. So there you go. Lions given three at Tampa. Uh, speaking of of the the names that Bill Simmons always messes up, Randall Cobb, the receiver. Like ten years ago, he started calling him Reggie Cobb, and and <laughs> Sal, Sal would point it out. And last week, I heard him call him Reggie Cobb again, and Sal didn't even stop him to to say anything. They're just like just letting it go. So I probably should have Reg- let you go there with David Carr. Reggie Cobb was, it works. While we're talking here, I'm going into the the the, the WordPress here. Let's see what I did. did I say David. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. Uh, and, and if you did, did Gary catch it in the edit? Is the is the sub question here? Uh, nope. I got Derek Carr. I had okay, it right. you well, had it I, right. I, 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 you know, to be fair, I don't know if I had it right. Maybe it was edited, but Gary would have told me. I think. <laughs> with, uh, with I think he would have told me with the okay. lightning click. Right. Okay. It's honestly that is one of the, every time that I'm getting ready to say Derek Carr, I pause in my mind to wonder which <laughs> Carr is the active brother because the the names are too similar. They are very similar. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to this week's guest, Mike Seeley. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. From what I understand, people like who, uh, you know, see a psychiatrist or psychologist, one of the great benefits of it is just being able to get things off your chest, you know, being able to talk things through, mm-hmm. um, you know, in an impartial observer. Um, I don't I don't see a mental health professional, although I honestly probably should. So I'm just going to use this as my getting off my chest thing, even though nobody wants to hear it. Um, I love betting touchdown markets. I think I have a nose for them. Blame my 35-year career playing fantasy sports. But anyway, last week, Eric, I bet a five-leg parlay on touchdown scores. David Montgomery at minus 195 against the Panthers. No-brainer. Brees Hall, plus 160 against the Broncos. You guys had no restrictions against the Broncos. Are you kidding me? No, No-brainer. Rashi Rice, the Chiefs guy against the Vikings, plus 235. I loved it. He's getting end zone looks. He was eventually going to catch one. And he scored. Uh, Bijan Robinson plus one hundred again. He, he was due for regression. He's getting in the end zone, and he did four for four. My fifth one was DeAndre Hopkins at plus one sixty-five. This was a sixty-three to one parlay, my friend. Hopkins caught a pass from Derrick Henry at the back of the end zone. He had one foot down, and the second foot was down, but out of bounds right. by about oh an inch, an inch, Eric. <laughs> one inch. One GDM effing inch. That's it. That's all. Gamble on.